All right. Hey, welcome back to the Play More podcast. Um, again, this is uh, well. This is episode number twelve. We're moving along here. Thanks for bearing with us as we figure this out. Uh, again, this is brought to you by Played Again Sports in Kennesaw, where we buy, sell, trade, and consign new and used sports and exercise equipment. Which basically means we'll pay you to clean out your garage. So how can you beat that? Uh, again, hey, I've got Mr. John Grove back visiting with us. Hey, buddy. Hey, Jay, how you doing? Good. How are you today? Good, man. John's again from uh, Premier Fitness Source. And, uh, you know, we're not really talking shop so much today as we are um, some different uh, kind of exercise uh, ways of thinking. Uh, for starters, compound movements. We're going to talk about compound lifting techniques. And, uh, and the sport of powerlifting and how it can apply, you know, to the rest of our, our lives. Um, and, you know, uh, further, uh, you know, a lot of times we want to exercise so we can go do the things we like to do. But sometimes uh, the art of working out or the act of working out is, uh, is a, an activity in and of itself. And you've got your own club and group and and that's your sport and um, you know so there's just something special about um, you know hunkering down in a gym and and giving it your all and, and you've got generally a few workout buddies you're you're going through it with so um, in that spirit we're gonna we're gonna talk about that a little bit today uh, John the other day you mentioned uh, like compound movements and how it relates to uh, even as our you know our, our parents or families or friends and, and how they can apply these techniques to just just go about their daily lives. What is a compound movement? Well, when you think of exercising, in my in my way of thinking, there's two there's two kinds of exercises, broadly speaking. There's isolation exercises and there's compound movements. A lot of people when they look at a muscle magazine or they look at a video online of somebody exercising doing a bicep curl or a a shoulder raised to the side with a dumbbell. They, they they start to exercise themselves and they follow these they follow these ideas. But those are those are very small muscle groups. They're very limited motions. A bicep curl works just your bicep. So that's a single joint movement. It's an isolation of a certain muscle group. Again, they have purpose, but they're nowhere near as beneficial if you're going to invest your time in exercising. They're nowhere near as beneficial as doing multi joint movements that do you want to get the best bang for your buck, the most out of your time exercising. So a compound movement, to answer your question, is uh, a movement that involves lots of muscle groups in one exercise. You get, uh, a, for example, a squat. A person squats their body down to a chair and back up or just squats their body down. They're using not only their, their butt muscles, they're using their uh, core muscles, their abdominals, they're, they're stabilizing the bar. They're even having to use their upper body to hold the bar. And, of course, the, the thighs, the quadricep muscles, the hamstring muscles, it's it's a it gets so much done in one in, in one really everything because you have to stabilize. I mean you have to you have to balance. I mean there is so much benefit from a compound movement. So you know. So why do we all go to the gym and, and work? You know do bicep curls and and you know maybe leg extensions and. Do, uh, well, first of all, Jay, we don't all do that. <laughs> <laughs> well, but, so many people go oh, to the gym. Absolutely. In fact, every every young person I think that you know these young guys that want to start building their bodies up. And they go in and they do bicep curls. They do three or four different bicep exercises, and they wonder why they're not getting any any, any, any change in their physique. 
um, it, it, it's it's uh, it's a hard learned lesson, but I I think it does have to do a little bit with um, and this is changing. I have to I have to state that thanks to things such as CrossFit, and no, I'm not the biggest fan of the the sport of CrossFit, but the activity has its own ups and downs. But CrossFit has reintroduced the world of people who never might have started to do squats and deadlifts and shoulder presses and things that involve you know compound movements. All of a sudden, you have these people that are getting increasing their strength and they're and they're changing their physique radically and they're doing it by way of crossfit but really it's the it's the compound exercise with the, with the weights that's making a big difference how about that so yeah so i don't know why people do isolation movements but we, we all we all did it i didn't even know i had a back to my body i didn't know i had a, a back uh, from the, from the which is kind of funny because that personally is my strongest suit but for the first year or two i exercised i think we didn't do anything with the back of the body i don't think you, i even did a lat exercise or exercise from my upper upper trap muscles or anything uh, people just don't think they don't, they don't they don't see it in the mirror they don't think about it so okay you so know. what about the, the person that doesn't want to you know get you right. know just big and strong and, and they're not bodybuilding to to get you know an aesthetic physique or whatever but just to go about their daily lives i mean why yeah i mean i was you know I, I, I'm, a, I'm a i'm a competitive weightlifter most of my life but so I tend to think in terms of which is different than bodybuilding. Different than bodybuilding, the sport of powerlifting is its own sport. But to, we can get around to the sport of powerlifting. I think the sport of powerlifting is a great, great sport for families, for you know, for individuals, for young guys getting into you know, trying to learn discipline and camaraderie. Uh, that's a sport. But, but to answer your question about the functional value of these powerlifting movements to real life. You know, I don't know that I ever thought that way as a younger person because I only cared about the sport of lifting more and more weight. So when I talk to you about squatting or I talk to you about deadlifting weight off the ground, I'm, I, I have the eyes of a power of a powerlifter that competed with heavy weights. But this is not how I think anymore. I, I saw this probably more happen with my own mom and dad. My, my mom and dad are both in their early 70s, and they started going to a trainer, and this trainer kind of did CrossFit type training, but he has them do specific things based on their limitations and such my mom had real bad knees she still she probably needs a knee replacement in the future but man her life has gone she's she's taken 10 years off the clock uh and i asked her i said mom is your knees still hurt she said well i can walk upstairs now no no pain i used to have to do one leg at a time now i can just walk regular my dad he had to get out of a chair a lawn chair a chair in the house he had to use both hands and do like a push his body up now i see him just pop up with his just his leg uh strength and I, and I asked them, well, what are you guys doing with that trainer? This is miraculous. And, they, and, and lo and behold, as if I didn't know this myself already, but it kind of reopened You've my eyes. You've been telling them the whole lot. Your... Well, I never really told them to do it because in my, I was a weightlifter. So I, I just focused on my sport. But then I, it's all come full circle when I realized, hey, this, these lifts that have been doing, doing, you know, that I believe are the essence of training, are the essence of training not for a guy to get strong in muscles and power lift, powerlifting style, but for everybody, such awesome, and just it's just a whole world opened up to functional. I mean, a guy, you see these old people walking around, and not even old, people that just are, just they got all injuries and pain, and a man's butt goes away. I mean, you see a, a man who played sports, and his rear end, you know, used to be, you know, muscular because he did sports, and he ran, and he jumped, and he played basketball. All of a sudden, now this guy is walking, and his, you look at him, his butt is sinking in, it's going away. He's walking on his toes. He's not walking through his heels. He is—he has pretty much neglected his entire 
posterior chain of his body, the whole back of the body, your glutes, your hamstrings, your spinal erectors. And, and this is a major thing. I mean, you see a lot of people almost shuffling along. And you wonder, oh, this guy's just getting old. And the guy says he has bad knees. Well, he's got bad knees because he's walking on his toes all the time. He's not pushing through his his power, his whole back of his body, which is how you balance and how you stabilize. Until you get somebody that wants to, you know, go take advantage of traveling. They want to go travel in Europe. They want to walk around places. They want to still go out and guy wants to hit the golf ball and go out there and, you know, walk instead of being in the golf cart the whole time. He wants to have a better swing. I mean, all these benefits come from those muscles that are probably least used by most people as they get older. They, they start to favor other things, such as their knees and their they bend their backs over. You know Is it I mean? just too daunting to, to the thought of someone doing a squat or a deadlift or something? Is, is that what maybe a problem? I, I actually think it is because I mean, if if, if you if you tell most people, and and I have had this conversation in fitness stores with years, a guy will say, you know, my I've got a real bad back and I've I've got my knees are really hurting. And I said, well, if you do any kind of squatting, and they look at you like you just said the craziest thing. You weren't listening. My back hurts. <laughs> yeah, they say, well, the last thing I want to do is squat because I've got bad knees, and 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 that I think that's a pretty now taking people with some of the modern realization and you can on the internet you can see a lot of information about squats a lot of information about deadlifts uh, a lot of these exercises we're talking about now but the people that need it are the people that aren't on those websites they're not looking at that stuff so they just there's there's a fear why would i squat down when i have bad knees and so they're trying to avoid doing that or you need to pick a barbell up off the ground maybe not a barbell maybe some kettlebells maybe a band resistance Maybe just bending. Yeah, a water. What's that? Uh, yeah, because people are sometimes start, they're, they're starting off at that at, that week. But he, the problem is you have to do it the right way. And I think that's probably the one limitation for people is is if I tell you to squat down, you you squat down incorrectly. In, incorrectly. I've seen it my whole life, and it's kind of a weird thing to say. But two examples, and I'm kind of jumping ahead here, but it's it's stuff that's on my mind always is. If a person sits on the toilet, they they sit with a perfect squat in most every case. I've never seen anybody go to sit on the toilet. Well, I really don't watch people sit on the toilet, <laughs> to be honest with you. But I'm assuming that most people do not sit on the toilet by standing in front of the toilet and then bending their knees as far over their toes as they can while they're keeping their butt kind of tucked under their body, all the pressure being on your toes and knees. People sitting on the toilet, they just sit down on the toilet. They put their butt back like they're sitting down on the toilet but if i told that same person hey standing in the middle of the room do squat, squat down they'll do the most messed up looking be incorrect incorrect yeah. example of the squat and uh and then you, therefore dangerous yeah and and that is exactly why uh, my other example that i think is a perfect example too that i've used in powerlifting a million times you never see an a, 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 a kid that's a baby infant that's starting to walk they start to walk. They squat down to pick a toy up. They've got the most perfect right angle. Their shins are perpendicular to the floor. They're sitting back to pick this toy up. And you, you wonder what goes on with human beings as they get older to, to, to lose that mobility, first of all, the flexibility, um, and, and to start you know, changing what their perception of that is. Because you know, in my life, that's a that's a study. I've spent my whole life studying the biomechanics of squatting up down properly, with leverages that are are are, are favorable. But um, but yeah. So I th- I think that 
learning to do it properly is the only limitation people have, I think. So either a trainer or or maybe some uh, some a lot of internet research that's showing different techniques and form to find somebody that makes sense to you. I, uh, that is true. Yep. I, I was, you know, I, I started working out. I told you before after pinching nerve in my neck. So really, I, April of two thousand is when I personally got serious about exercising, mm-hmm. and. I was fortunate enough to, to work out with a trainer, not just some young guy who was in shape because he's young. I mean, this guy's older than me by 10 plus years. And, uh, you know, he sized me up. He looked at my, you know, imbalances. He could see where my head was pitched forward and my neck, you know, and shoulders were rolled forward and, and no butt. Uh, first of all, I was born a poor buttless child. But then poor guy after n- neglect... You know, and, and being young and in shape, just getting away with it because you're young and in shape, and I'm pretty fortunate in that regard, you know. Uh, but uh, by the time I was 30 years old or early 30s, I, I was working and kids and busy and, and just not working out and on my feet all the time in here. And, and uh, um, I was at my most frail. And uh, so, I, you know, this trainer took me in and, and uh, we... He basically rebuilt me, and uh, um, but I didn't know any of the techniques or even how to work. You know, I thought I work, knew how to work out, like everybody. Oh yeah, I will work out. You know, and and you like like I did, like I'm sure most people do. You just did what people did in you know high school, and the coach showed you, and he was an old guy, and For that's sure. what they did 20 years prior to that. Pumping and, some iron. Yeah, and uh, you know, I'd start out with you know, bench press every day, and then end up running out of gas by the time I've, I've hit every other body part. So he, he, you know, we did a lot of compound movements. A lot so, of, so he also believed in that? Oh, yeah, and kind of built a whole foundation around it. And uh, now, it was a joke then, it's a joke now. I Because I knew we were doing this this podcast today, I went, I, I did squats this morning. Did you? You probably noticed, but... Um, Those massive legs. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, and, you know, I'm, I'm still doing like, not much weight at all. I, I'm so afraid to push myself with heavy weight. I don't know why, but uh, you know, some of the I'll do squats with you know 100 pounds or something, and uh, you know, but yeah, you, know, you can do uh, you know whatever shoulder presses with that much, you know, like. Yeah, but but I, but I must also interject that when you say that that I'm the most unlikely person to usually say this because you know my whole exercise life was. Was, was doing heavy weights, yeah. and I, I. It's hard to retrain that mindset. I still have that mindset, but you don't necessarily the weight, have to. The weight is not as relevant. So when we talk about um, a person uh, getting getting you know developing more strength to help their life and their mobility and their function and their just overall balance, you know I think doing their body weight to start off with, even, even down only halfway, just squatting only halfway down and back up. Almost like they do in physical therapy. They, they, um, you know, when I was rehabilitating my uh, my hip replacement, uh, they had you to hold the edge of the sink so that you sat back. They wanted to make sure that you sat back, kept your back straight, and were able to sit your butt down and just do little half squats, uh, watching for proper form. Which she did do that. I was I was I was proud to say that she made sure I was doing a uh, the proper technique, um, which was not a problem for me actually. <laughs> right. But uh, but yeah, no, I'm just, I'm just saying that. You mentioned the weight, and, and I do think it's a progressive thing. You're going to be stronger on compound movements because you have a lot more muscles in play. 
So it is true that when you get to 100 pounds and you do a set of 10 reps, you know, if that's getting fairly easy, there's no reason why you can't put 110 pounds in the bar yeah. or exercise. But there's no reason to worry about And that, that's, that's, that's the – people definitely need to know not to start loading it down, loading it down, loading it down. It's definitely about your abilities, and body weight might be all you need. If you're, if you're starting off and you're weak enough, body weight is probably fine. Yeah, like to even some wall squats or something. I mean, yes, that's that's for sure. But you um, know, and and I remember he told me, he said, you know, whenever you want to get big arms, do squats. Yeah. Like, how how is that possible? And only after kind of working out hard for years, and I, I gained a, a bunch of good quality weight, um, uh, and got good results all over my body, and 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 really, you could tell it was it was from those compound movements. That brings up two two thoughts I had. Um, one is a stupid story that doesn't really re- it, it relates to our conversation, but it remind- I read an article when I was fairly young about the, the bodybuilder Tom Platts. Biggest legs in the business. Biggest legs. In the, I mean, he, he in, in, you know we're talking about going back to muscle size again for a second, but not really, because he had gigantic muscular legs and he was a competitive bodybuilder. Most people don't aspire to do that. But he his legs were so big that it overshadowed his upper, upper overshadowed his upper body, and he would never win the top competitions because he'd always take second or third place. They said, "Hey, you look great. Everything looks great, but the proportions not there." So he tried not doing his legs for a year, and he still took second or third place. He tried doing you know only high reps on his legs, uh, and doing just tons more upper body. Finally, he had this this idea one year that he was going to do more squats. And, and it, it, people thought he was crazy. He went in the gym that year and he did more squats. Now, he did what they call high-intensity squats. He was doing, you, you know, uh, uh, sets where he put weight in the bar and then did drop sets where he took weight off, weight off, weight off, never stopped. I mean, he was a crazy bodybuilder that was training really, really hard for, for the sport. And then finished with a 20-mile bike ride or something. He used to do a bike ride. Actually, he was known for riding. He rode a bike everywhere, too, because that was, he believed that was a part of his conditioning. But what I thought was really neat about that story that kind of just tells, 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 tells makes a point is that he goes to the competition that year and he, he wins. And they say, oh my gosh, what did you do to get your upper body to grow so much? Squats. And he said, I did a lot more squats. There's also a book written by a gentleman uh, called Super Squats uh, by a gentleman named Randall Strawson. And it, it's a book that talks about um, high rep squats. And, and they call them breathing squats. You do some reps. It could just be your body weight. And when you get kind of tired, you might stop for a couple seconds and continue. And you do it to where you're breathing pretty heavy. And it's not only aerobic, it's getting your heart rate up because it's using all those muscles. But... It's just the most awesome thing for anabolically increasing your, your your muscle mass. I mean, I'm talking like you said, your arms. You're gonna have arm changes. You're gonna have chest changes. You're gonna have your whole body's gonna have this this stimulus. So if a guy wants to get in shape and work some muscles, instead of doing bicep curls for three sets, he does some high rep squats. He'll probably end up with. Well, I don't use the word probably. He absolutely will end up with a better physique. Yeah, how about that? Yeah. Does it at least release more testosterone? Yeah, I mean, I was I was actually making a a, a mental note of uh, some of the benefits uh, for people. I, I actually refer to the. Uh, I, I, by the way, when we talk about co- uh, compound movements, there's many compound movements. I, I seem to focus my attention on the squat and the deadlift because they are the most compound of movements, and we're the king of exercises, really. But you mentioned the bench press. I mean, uh, the bench press is not only the chest, but also the back of the arms, the triceps, use of the forearms, use of the shoulder muscles. That's a compound movement. If I was trying to get, make a choice of chest exercises, I would probably pick a bench press before I did a chest fly. Um, 
if you had two choices, you might do both. But if you're going to do one, do the one that's the most effective. Shoulder presses, if you've only got time for one, the, the barbell shoulder press is more effective than than dumbbells or flies or you yeah. Know, I mean, you, you, you could probably list five exercises with the shoulder press being one. You could probably say a squat, a deadlift, a, a barbell row or a dumbbell row, a rolling motion, uh, a standing shoulder press, a, a bench press. If that's probably all you did with those five <laughs> exercises, you, you'd, you'd be in you, fantastic shape. You'd be in better shape and feel so much stronger going through life. Swing the golf ball, you hit more the golf sure ball footed, harder. More stable. Everything. Just... You know, you walk in a trail, you're going to have more power. My own sister, who, was a, who, was, who ran uh, uh, track and cross country at Georgia Tech, she was an avid runner. She never lifted weights. Then she got into weight training. She got into CrossFit, started squatting deadlift which was interesting that my own sister came around to my, my sport eventually. Uh, she has actually done a powerlifting contest since. But she went and did a, a century run of those 100-mile runs. Oh, my. And she said she, uh, she couldn't believe it. She hadn't been running like she used to. She always does cardio hard. But her, her strength training, she said she was so much more powerful, powerful of a runner. She ran stronger, harder, longer, with faster with less running training and more leg training, squats and and deadlifts, actually. <laughs> so, yeah, so so these movements just can apply to every aspect of your life. I believe so. I, I, I started to read here. Well, first of all, I, I, I would refer to the, the squat and the deadlift as somewhat the fountain of youth. I mean, that sounds, I mean, everybody claims something's the fountain of youth, but really, truly, um, I mentioned strengthening the back of the body, a constantly, a constant weak link of people. They're, they're front dominant. They're not, they need to get that glutes and their hamstring muscles strong the core muscles all you hear the world talk about is core 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 and people are doing you know core rotations and they're doing all kinds of things for their stomach and abdominal work and, and things but the actual core is it's hard to beat uh squatting down with a, some weight in your hands or squatting down with a, a weighted vest or something and having your abs have to tighten up and flex and brace your brace your, brace your body and your side muscles and your your erectors and stuff uh, so, so the core benefits are unparalleled. Um, it keeps your back strong and healthy. It's just contrary to, you tell somebody with a, a little bit of back pain, do a deadlift, and they think, oh my gosh, picking a weight up off the floor is the last thing in the world I would ever do. But, you know, doing these movements right with proper form and starting off very light and maybe not even all the way to the floor, but maybe at the kneecap. Light weights, maybe no weights, just maybe, or maybe a, a broomstick. Form right. Strong back, healthy back, back pain goes away. Uh, you mentioned increasing hormone levels. I mean, it's absolutely a fact. The best way to increase your testosterone levels is to is to do the, some of the best ways, the compound movements. The, 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 it stimulates hormone production. Increase mobility. Build, of course, bone density. Tendons and ligaments get stronger. It just makes daily activities easier. So that's, you know. Yeah, you're out gardening you know, and you're working in, in your yard or something. You're, it's easier. It's yeah. just bending over easier. You get back up easier. Um, more so, beautiful feeling. You're not because you're not thinking about being all achy when you're a youth, a yeah. kid. You're not thinking about that stuff, so it gives you that. It's a fountain of youth. Yeah, I mean, people. You know, you see it. People, people bend over. They bend over with. Um, and it looks so timid. So yeah. timid. So contorted. They're trying to bend here, bend there, get around the aches and pains. But again, not. You know, I'm harping on these movements because I actually really believe there's that much benefit to people. Um, so you, you notice with your parents, they're, they're just uh, almost, uh, how long did it take before they started working out those kind of exercises yeah. before they were getting like 
were you were like noticing it like oh my gosh what's going on uh, you know, it's probably a six-month period they got going. And, you know, this is not something that takes a long time. Yeah. And and they were real deconditioned. I mean, they they, they were they were not in good shape. Yeah. Um, and uh, it's amazing. Now, now their trainers, uh, they have two different trainers they work with, and they're both of the mindset of CrossFit, though they don't take 70-year-old people and have them do box jumps and explosive crazy things. You know, they're doing things that fit their level of ability. But my dad told me the other day, uh, as he's got stronger, he said, guess what? I, said, I did a deadlift of 250 pounds. Oh, gosh. Well, my dad's, you know, the first thing I think is that's the family genetics right there, you know. <laughs> Good genes, Dad. Thanks for passing them down. <laughs> yeah. But, I mean, seriously, all joking aside, um, and these are healthy people. Uh, my sister, who's not, she's, she's a, she does 30,000-meter uh, rows. Uh, she used to do 30,000 meter, meters on a rowing machine the other day. Uh, it took her three hours or something. But she you knows she does crazy like 100 mile runs, so she's not a power lifter per se. But my sister's done a 340 pound deadlift um, at a, maybe 140 pounds body weight. My mom's done a, a, a 110 pound deadlift. My dad's done a 250 pound deadlift. So kind of makes be lifting me, in your mom's range probably. Nah, he probably bet my dad's range. Just a little technique tweaking. We'll get you up to 250. That shouldn't be a problem. <laughs> but you know, I, I, it's it's it's. It's cool to me, and that actually made me think that's of, where yeah, a trainer good. is so key. Um, the right trainer. I mean, there's a lot of trainers out there, but, I mean, you really need to, just like a golf instructor, not one golf instructor doesn't work for everybody, but uh, you find the right trainer that you can identify with, that knows your situation, that's going to take it very seriously and give you focused effort and, and pay attention. Um, I agree. But they push you. You know, I mean, they and, push and, you and, and, the, they, and they and they tweak you along the way so that everything is perfect. Yeah, yeah, and absolutely continue to adapt and alter the workouts based on uh, your new changing symmetry and balance. Yep. And uh, you know, and I'd get this. You know, I'd train out with these group of guys, and they're all like, you know, legit dudes, and I'm I'm down there and the weak weak guy in the room and. And trying to keep the conversation up so he could buy time in between says just progressed. Jay, Jay's downplaying himself. He's in he's in fan, he's in fantastic shape. Well, I'm, I'm in better shape hard. now, but but I don't I, I don't he, I, I, just I, I remember there, when you started working out. Like, yeah. I, remember, I remember seeing you, you started talking about all kinds of stuff. All of a sudden, you're trying all kinds of new stuff. So yeah. I, mean, I remember I remember I don't remember exactly what you looked like, but I, uh, I'm 30 but, plus but you, pounds heavier now than I was when I started. It's, it's, and it's I'm all, not fat. No, I don't no, have no, any. No. I've got less fat on me now. Uh, so you know, it's not about getting huge. I'm, I'm, it wouldn't look good for my physique anyway. As a matter of fact, he, uh, tr my trainer would alter the the things we did because like, nah, you wouldn't look good with a big chest. You're you're tall, lean, wide shoulders. So we worked more on shoulders and traps and things like that, and trying to build my skinny legs. It was a good, it was a good trainer. It was a good trainer. Well, yeah, he is. He's he's to this day one of the most knowledgeable guys I, I know uh, when it comes to you know bodybuilding and taking care of yourself and, and staying injury free but he he'd give me such a disappointed look when i'd you know fall a couple reps short or or give some lame excuse why i was afraid to go up and wait or whatever he just uh, i mean what what better <laughs> i mean you know people that don't exercise or have never been serious about their exercise uh a if that's the case they probably need to exercise but what better way to to spend your money if you have a little bit of money to spend a little disposable income or if you can find it, then have a trainer. I mean, you know, an, an app, a training app, for example, is better than a, a picture on a wall that you look at or, or something you read on a piece of paper that you have to 
you don't see it you have to visually. Interpret. So I think there's stages of things. I mean, not just going down and doing some blind thing is a recipe for disaster. Having a picture to look at and something to read might be a little more helpful, but you're still gonna you're still gonna do it wrong. Having an app or some video of someone doing something is a step in the absolute right direction, but nothing beats having a person look at you and say, Jay, give me two more reps, or hey, you're supposed to do 10, why'd you stop at nine? And give you a yeah. disappointed look. You know, or it, or it pushes hey, you. hey, you know what, uh, this, this next set, try not to hold your breath. I know you're holding your breath a little bit too much the last sets of reps. This stuff's pivotal. Just, just subtle little tips that you know make you, uh, you know, hopefully not have setbacks with injuries. Right. Because that's when you you, you might because uh, in the beginning you start working out right you get these you get start getting results because you hadn't been doing anything so you're working out and then very quickly you create maybe some imbalances so either a you stop getting the easy results or b you get injured and then you have a setback and hopefully it's not bad enough that you can climb out of it a little smarter and uh, take it to the next you know phase so you can continue doing what you want to do. Yeah, I mean that's that's and that's you know that, that's kind of why this is relevant to the Play More podcast because, uh, I mean, it is absolutely relevant because people that are doing all well and then and, and this and this takes us in a different direction for a second, um, so this this the the whole benefits of compound movements for anybody in all walks of life and specifically people with 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 weaknesses that are getting older, um, this this whole thing evolved in, in my life because I did choose the sport of competitive powerlifting, uh, which um, which uh, so is, what is uh, powerlifting? Competitive powerlifting is that uh, you're you're like max? You're trying to lift as much as you can in in the in the three big movements. Actually, the best way to look at it would be it's organized kind of like a triathlon, except it, so it's it's it, I, I sometimes refer to it as a triathlon of strength. Uh, and so I, I, I personally, and again, I'm a little, a little obsessive about the powerlifting thing, but I, I think it was like the perfect sport for me as a kid. I played baseball for seven years. I played football. I played a season of soccer. I played wrestling for a season. Like most kids, I tried everything. And in ninth grade, we had football workouts and, uh, they start doing workout. You know, I started doing the weights, the squats, the deadlifts. And I realized that, wow, this is something that really, you can really see a lot of personal achievement quick. Like. It feels good. I mean, I, I see these girls that are that are that are working out with CrossFit now, and they do a, a squat with the bar, and next thing they got a twenty-five on each side. I mean, they feel like they just they just they're on cloud nine. They're so happy to see that increase in strength, and then the resulting uh, look of their body. But what I was saying about the sport of power thing, so I, I discovered I discovered these Wait, lifts to, to that point though. Yeah. So yeah, that that's releasing all these endorphins in the body. So oh, it yeah. is making you feel better. Oh, yeah. And you do get a sense of accomplishment, and no one can take that away. And everybody and looks just, at you and says, "Oh my gosh, what are you doing?" I mean, there's feedback. nothing better than feedback. I mean, you know, a peer saying, "What are you doing different?" I mean, you look, you look incredible. I mean, you know, I mean, for a girl, I mean, the button legs is like there are tailor-made exercises for that. I mean, but yeah. button legs changes, and for a lady, is there's nothing better than those things. It's, it's like the perfect thing. That's why all these CrossFit girls uh, have such uh, phenomenal lower bodies now. Uh, it's amazing. But the sport of powerlifting to me was like the perfect sport. So I visualized, I said, okay, here's a sport where you, you have a test, a test of strength for your the strong lower body. So, a squat, for example, when you do it in a competition, who who's going to end up when the smoke clears with the strongest lower body? Then you're going to move on to the bench press, and you're going to contest the bench press, and you're going to say, who now has the strongest upper body strength? 
then the last event in a powerlifting competition is the deadlift, and you're going to lift the weight off the ground, just purely as primitive as, you, as a caveman lift, lift the heaviest rock. You're going to bend over, you're going to pick a weight up to stand at arm's length, and it's going to test the overall body strength, including the back and the grips, the grip of the hand and the forearms and holding the weight. And so, so really, if you think about those three things that I said, strongest lower, strongest upper, and strongest total, you can, uh, including your back and such, you combine those, the best of each one, your best squat, your best bench press, your best deadlift, and you have a total. And that total should show you who the strongest overall body was that day. So really being the strongest in one discipline is not necessarily the, the ticket to the winning the event. It's being strong in all disciplines, being balanced in all three. So a guy could be really strong in the legs and really weak in the upper body, uh, and, and when the, 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 somebody else is exactly the opposite, and they're going to be at the same point going into the deadlift. So, so it's, you know, when I say it's a triathlon of strength, you, you train, instead of training running one day and you bike one day and you swim one day, we train squats and we train bench press, we train deadlifts, and you seldom do them together. You'll do a little testing, a little test together, try it, see, see how you're doing. But you're, you, you, you put them together, and that's a triathlon of strength. End of the day, not the best swimmer, not the best biker, not the best runner, but the best that Overall puts the best possible. that wins. The person that wins with the best time that did the, 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 the you know that put them all together. So to me, it was the perfect sport for that reason, and it also was the perfect sport from a standpoint of uh, you can't be. It's all. It's not all physical. It's very very mental. And so a lot of people think of a weightlifter. They go, oh, those guys are a bunch of meatheads. Meathead, yeah. Oh, just, you know, beating his head on the bar and yelling. And I saw him in the gym one time at LA Fitness, and he was screaming and lifting all this heavy weight, and things going to hurt himself. No judgment. But, <laughs> yeah, but I mean, but, you know, but, the, but that is one beauty of the sport is that when you get under a, a, a lift and you're pushing with 100% maximum effort, and this is more for a competitor, and that's a competition aspect, you have to get full aggression, full intensity, and give it 100% everything you got physically. But the mental side is so much more, in my opinion, it's the perfect mix of both because you have to analyze your technique to maximize the biomechanics for your your body style. You, it could take you years to tweak this, tweak that, tweak this, tweak that. Hopefully you have a trainer to help you with that. Um, but, you know, also the... Uh, Mentally, you know, they say that things, you know, a lot of these sports feats, it, it all, it's all mental. It's it was 60, 70, 80% mental. When you get under a bar and the bar's loaded to 900 pounds and you, and you squat down, you're lifting that with your body, but you're lifting it because your mind believes you can lift it and it believes your training up to it has systematically put you in a position to do that. You've, you've earned the right to do that by Seeds training. Seeds of doubt will, will just stop you. So to me, that's why it was the best sport. And, um, yeah, I mean, as soon as you as soon as you have a thought of, of failure, uh, even coaching people in powerlifting, you know, there's the coaching cues. I would say to you, I had a coach one time or a, a person that I worked out with that his his favorite motivational line was, "Come on now, if you don't if you don't if you don't do it all just right, you're gonna miss this." And I said, "Why well, would somebody say that? You'd never tell a person, you're, if you don't do this, you're going to miss this." You would say you'd say positive cues that would right. make them, "Oh, this is lightweight. You're looking good today." <laughs> You know, warm-up's looking great. Look, everything's looking light. There's all kinds of positive motivation. But, you know, again, so the mental side. So again, I used to say I'd get, I would be spotting somebody on a bar. I'd be, come on, man. Come on. It's all me. It's all me. Yeah. yeah <laughs> probably yeah, probably not the best. Uh, 
the best coach <laughs> right. in Q, yeah. Yeah, so the sport of powerlifting, <laughs> um, which you talked about, is I, I kind of I switched from, I wanted to talk more about, you know, why I thought it was such a fantastic sport. Um, you know, but it, it, it's um, it's a sister sport. There's many sports that are, you know, that look the same. Like people see in the Olympics, the guy doing Olympic movements. That's a different sport. It looks similar. The guy has a bar and he lifts it up. Yeah, but Olympic lifting is different than powerlifting. Yeah, Olympic lifting, you'll see Olympic lifters don't usually look very muscular. They, they usually have uh, big legs and hips because they do a lot of, a lot of squats. They get a lot of muscles in their, in their legs and hips. Uh, they, they keep their upper body real flexible. They don't, don't, they don't ever work their chest muscles because they have to be able to put the bar over their head and, be, and be, you know, be loose enough to be able to hold the bar over their head. So they for oftentimes for look... What is that, that yeah, they do that clean, clean and snatch, jerk. Clean and jerk. And the snatch. Actually, you, 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 got, you got them both in the same, same sentence there. Clean and jerk and snatch. So, so, you know, as, as a young guy, you're looking at Olympic lifters, you don't say, wow, I want to look like that. Because it kind of looks kind of like a narrow-shouldered, kind of a doughy-looking guy usually. <laughs> but there's been a million young guys, young people, I should say, about young guys, though, I think about, that looked at a picture of Bill Kazmaier in his prime. And the guy was just uh, just a mountain of man, big traps and a big back and these big legs. And they would say, oh, my gosh, I want to look like that. So to me, powerlifting, you know, was the ticket to that kind of physique because that's what Bill Kazmaier did, you know. Um, yeah. So so anyway, yeah, I think that. Uh, uh, well, we had technical difficulties here. Mike fell over. Must be. Uh, a, we're still good. Yeah. So anyway. So so, lifting in general, your training and stuff. What I find, I suppose, about any kind of lifting is that is the meditative aspects of it, and. Um, it calms me enough, and you have to be in the moment enough, especially if you're pushing yourself, like you say. I mean, you, you, your mind's got to be right. So then when you come out of it, there's just sense of reliefs um, as you go about your day. So, oh, yeah, I, I mean, yeah. Hold the whole, if you do it early in the day, I mean, the rest of your day is... Gravy. It's easy, yeah. 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 So, therefore, not always, sometimes I like to, to listen to music. Uh, when I work out, but sometimes I like it absolutely silent. You're you know? speaking my exact language, by the way. Lay it on me, man. What you got? Well, no, I mean, I, I just you just said exact something I say. I say there's only two kind of two extremes: is listening to some motivational music is a good thing, something that kind of gets you up, something that hypes you up, get your heart, you know, get your heart racing, get you, you know, into the zone, or you go completely is, is silent. Is that always powerful music, or it could be mellow music as well, right? I guess it's personal. I mean, I guess it's personal as to what you like, but, um, you know, when, a lot of times if we're listening, if we're lifting, that's my favorite picture, if we're listening to, um, um, if we're lifting heavy, heavy weights, usually we have something real, real heavy on, something that's kind of, you know, in fact, I don't I don't even like heavy metal music. I mean, I like 80s hair metal music, but <laughs> but that's uh, because I'm a child of the 80s, but, but you know. Not the it, W bands. What's your hair metal go to? Well, like like, like Motley Crue. Oh, the crew. You know? Did you see yeah. the dirt? No. What was that? Dude, on Netflix, yeah. a new uh, documentary. Uh, well, not a documentary. It's it's kind of, it's. Um, I mean, there was actors in it, but it, it's their story oh. and oh. Uh, crew story. But Motley Crue story. Motley Crue story. Oh, really? And so uh, it was a plug for the dirt. The dirt, <laughs> but uh, you know, 
don't watch it with your kids. Uh, you no. know, the, the opening scene will, will make you cringe. But, oh, I've never heard of that. I'll, I'll check that out. Oh, uh, but because of that, see, I, you know, I always liked the crew a little bit, you yeah, know, sure. I saw, but, I saw, I saw, I saw them in concert not too long ago, like a couple years ago. Uh, well, I'm so, I've become more of a fan now after watching that. Really? And, and now I've been watching all these Vince Neil and Nikki Six interviews, and, you know, they're really articulate guys. You know, you just, they talk about meatheads and bodybuilding or whatever, but, uh, uh, or lifting, but, uh, but these guys, you yeah, know, D. Snyder from uh, Twisted Sister was like a, that guy was like a, a super intelligent, guy, like Mensa guy. You know, he was he was a, he was a very very intelligent man. But I guess you gotta he, be to. But he looked like a woman. He dressed like a dressed <laughs> well, like a transvestite. You know. But I guess you gotta be, uh, you know, upper level intelligence to uh, excel at anything, uh, really. To bite a head off a bat. <laughs> <laughs> Even Ozzy, he, Sharon Sharon Osbourne knew what Ozzy had in him. She partnered up with him and yeah. managed him. So anyway, no, no, that's fine. That's, that's good. I, I um, I was just saying, like, uh, it, it's personal. We make music choices, but uh, so you're listening to the, you yeah, know, like I listen to I listen to death metal, and I I I would never put death metal on in my car driving down the road. I actually, it's very irritating to me. It just sounds like a bunch of guys barking, like, blah, blah, blah. yeah. But, um, but you know, when you're lifting, it, it gets your heart your heart rate up a little bit. Gets you kind of your um, you know, gets gets you racing. It kind of blocks your mind from overthinking it because you don't want to. You, you don't want to overthink it. Like you said, you don't want to overthink any negativity. So sometimes the music will override, override that. But I also noticed that in some of the Russian training halls and some of the Bulgarian, uh, old, uh, uh, well, the old former Eastern Bloc training facilities, they, they lifted in complete silence. All you heard was complete just clanging of iron. You're in, the, you're in, the, you're in the, the zone at the gym, and you're lifting weights, and there's nothing else. I like so that. I, like, I like both extremes. I do. I kind of like silence sometimes. Yeah. I agree with you on that. So where, where do you... Uh, you had a gym uh, to train uh, for years, right? A powerlifting gym? Yeah, that's another thing about the sport of powerlifting is when I talk about people doing squats and deadlifts for fitness and for their for their, for their their function of their life, you're, you're, you're welcome in any gym. They want you in there. But powerlifters, you know, you're lifting a lot of heavy weights. you got a big group of guys that are on a squat rack for an hour. Not really welcome in commercial gyms sometimes. Um, you know, it using, scares using, off some of the yeah, it scares off some of your regular people, and you, you know, you chalk in your hands and make it a little mess on their floor. So, so, so you're talking you know, about the big, the mass monster. Guys. I'm talking about guys lifting for competition that are that are getting in there and really. So, so which was what I did. So I started a gym, and it wasn't even really meant to be a business. It was more of a club. It was called North Georgia Barbell Club. Had it for 13 years, and uh, my, my my I actually stole a um, I stole a slogan from. Uh, uh, well, I guess it's from the, when the Yankee Stadium was built and also from uh, Field of Dreams. Build it and they will come. Yeah. So I figured, you know, I put some equipment in, uh, the powerlifting specific bars and things, and strong people will want to train on the good equipment with stronger people. So my thought was, as a lifter, if I have people that are stronger than me, then I have to then see heavier weights being lifted and I will aspire to great, more great, more greater myself. Uh, but a fewer limitations, you see people breaking barriers, you know it's then possible for you to break. Mystique's gone. And then, yeah, you know, the, the just if you go to a regular gym and a guy puts, you know, 500 pounds on the bar, which is a ton of weight. I mean, a very, very, it's a lot of weight. Most people aren't going to do that. But if you're trying to get to a 700 pound lift, then you start being complacent, thinking that 500, everybody wants to kind of watch the show. When you have 500 pounds on the bar, there's no real reason to think that you could aspire to 700. You know, mm-hmm. you think, well, you know, I'm happy with five or 600 because more people, than anybody else in the gym. I'm stronger than everybody else in the gym. You go to a powerlifting gym and some guy's doing 800 for five reps and you're doing 700 and you think, wow, I didn't even realize that was possible. But now that's that's in my that's in my my, my, my view now. 
Um, and in, also, in any sport, you play to your competition eventually. Yeah, I mean, another playing thing... tennis you know, with somebody is much better. You're playing long enough. Even if they continue to beat you, you're going to be... It's going to be competitive. It's kind of it's, it's kind of one of the greatest unspoken secrets, I think. Maybe it's maybe it's spoken in other sports, but in lifting, I hear all these these, these lifting gyms that sprout up, and all you hear is like, oh, they've got this great coach. Uh, he's the... You know, he's a guru of strength, and that's why all the lifters are so strong. He's doing this technique, and that's why the lifters are all so strong. And I always look back and kind of snicker and think, that's actually not why they're strong. It's strong because you put a bunch of people that have like goals in the same environment that are all pushing each other one direction or the other. A, a weaker guy is trying to reach to you to get stronger. He's pushing you. You're looking back saying, no, you're not going to catch me. Yeah. And you're looking forward going, I'm going to catch him. So it's a constant. And the same thing you're talking about in any, any sport. I mean, it's just like any mental barrier. I mean, if, uh, whether it's a world record or it's a gym record, if a guy does 800 you want, and you're doing 700, you want to do 800. If a guy's, you know, runs a, a four-minute mile, you want to, you, you you think it was possible. Now you know it's possible. So all these four-minute things... Four-minute mile? That's impossible. Yeah, there's, like, there's, isn't there high school kids doing that now or something? <laughs> Probably. I think there is. Uh, I think there's, I think there is, actually. But, yeah, but I mean, like, I happen to be lucky enough to train uh, at my gym. You're talking about North Georgia Barbell. Uh, the strongest, the first human being in history to squat in competition with 1,100 pounds on his back with 1,100 pounds. Well, there's only one man to ever do that. There's never been, there'll never be another man to do that. Who was it? Uh, his name is Steve Goggins. And, um, which is funny because now as he's, as he's in his uh, late 50s, he has now taken up um, uh, uh, cycling. He's competitive. He's doing cycling because he just, he still wants to stay in shape. He still does. He still squats and deadlifts. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. But he's had to. Uh, he's, he's he's you know diversified now and, and, and throwing some other stuff in. But he was truly the first man to do an eleven hundred pounds. Well, well, like you you were saying the other day. I mean, you were as as much as you were just powerlifting like heavy, 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 building this huge mass. You you added more cardio into your mix that you didn't do fifteen years ago. Or? Yeah, you have to do that stuff. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it, it, exercise is multi multifaceted. I think we all know that. But you know, I I, I still believe that. Part of my routine will always be some version of, of, of these compound movements we're talking about. But yeah, I mean, you, you throw in a little cardio, get your heart strong, that's important. Um, you get your heart healthy so you can live longer. But um, yeah, I mean, you got, you, got, you got the internal organs have to be, have to be working good. Uh, but then again, you, who wants to have a healthy heart? You, you, can't, you can't walk down, you can't walk 20, 20 steps down the street because you know, your knees and hips are bad, you know? Or you got a bad lower back, so so your your internal organs though actually start to function more properly and better and the best they could hope for as you're exercising and twisting and contorting and squeezing the liver or kidneys. I don't I don't know. I'm you know I'm just yeah, kind of thinking. Know, I, I don't know I don't know a ton about that, but I I mean I think that there's no question it has to be that way. I mean. Um, you know, I, 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 on a different note, I mean, I, I mentioned bone density earlier. I mean, there's no question that people that do, do strength training, and this is an absolute proven fact, have more dense bones and are less likely to, to have bone weakness and, and such, you know. So, I mean, whether it's your... Well, yeah, because so people sure get older say, oh, I've got osteoarthritis or whatever, osteoporosis, excuse me. And, uh, you know, I guess it was just genetics, nothing I can do about it. And, like... But like to your, your mom's point, or there was a lady in here, oh gosh, it's been 15 years, but uh, she used one of those hex bars yeah. and stood inside, and she was mid-60s, and that's what she started doing, and it made all the difference. I mean, it got her off her, whatever, bone density medications, and it's just, you know, little old lady. 
Yeah, no, it's it's, a, it's amazing stuff. Um, yeah, I, I had a guy I trained. He was a he was a hundred and sixty pound man. He was sixty two years old, and he came in. He'd been in a car wreck, and he had a he broke his wrist in a car wreck, and he 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 was a, a, a private investigator. But he he asked me, he said, "Hey, would you uh, would you help me out uh, to to get back in shape?" Because uh, he had lost all his strength. <clears throat> And, you know, we started off light and easy, like I always do with everybody. I mean, I would never have a load of barbell up in front of you and have you pick it up if you just had never done that before. Right. So we started off doing deadlifts with with the hex bar you're talking about, uh, doing kettlebells laid on each side, just picking them up very easily. And anyway, ended up getting into competitions a little bit. I ended up doing uh, a 400-and-something-pound deadlift at 165 pounds body weight at 62 years old uh, after uh, – after it took me, it took about three years of, of, of pretty pretty consistent hard workouts. But I remember being pretty impressed by that. Just a just a guy that just kind of an average looking dude. He's relatively slender, um, and uh, and man was he feeling good. He was feeling good. He was moving like a a, a new guy. And I don't I think I don't think when he first asked me about training him, I don't think he that was what he expected. But um, he, you know he didn't expect to go that direction. But again, I believe when that's the, the direction. When the go. students ready, the teacher will come. <laughs> You just make that up. <laughs> yeah, just right off that pull it out of the air. <laughs> it sounds good. It sounds good though. Uh, but uh, but anyway, yeah. So I I, uh, I was just uh, saying that it's just like the just like the bone density of the lady you're talking about. Well, with um, me too. Like I said, I gained thirty plus pounds, uh, and when I was still left, it was probably closer to forty. And uh, but I'm telling you, just my you mentioned wrist, just everything, because. Other, you know, like in, in high school or whatever, I'm 150 pounds. I remember people saying, 150 pounds? What do you got hollow bones or something? You know? But but then, just after lifting and lifting and you know, a couple couple quick years of being real consistent, started actually gaining weight. When I you know tried my whole life to gain weight, couldn't gain a pound, but started doing squats and deadlifts and. and, and did you notice a pretty big difference in the mirror too? Did you look did you look a little bit right? Everything, everything, uh, you know. Uh, Eyes seemed a little clearer. Skin tone seemed better, um, and uh, people uh, more than once said, "You look taller," and and I attributed that to uh, um, you know the curve in my low back, you know, yeah. being being realigned and and you know not. I don't think you actually get taller with these lifts, but no, no, no. <laughs> I'm just but, kidding. But I, I think you I shrink. Know. Yeah, no, you do be, shrink because yeah. and not so much shrink, Everything. but from, from poor posture, yeah. your your ass rolls in. Yeah. Right, your shoulders roll forward, your head pitches forward, and so it takes the curve out of your spine, and so you're dropping an inch just right there. No, it's, it's 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 a hundred percent fact. I mean, that's why that's why people shrink up. Their muscles their muscles are are no longer strong enough to hold them. Well, you know, I, I I had a hip replacement I talked about, and I also have a knee replacement. Um, I I, I want to uh, clear, clarify that when I say the benefits of squats and deadlifts, that I'm not a perfect example. I I uh, I did heavy maximum weights for thirty years. That's not that. That's any sport. That was a passion, but not a so sport much at a high level. A, a, a sport at a high level. A guy that plays uh, plays a sport at a high level is, is pushing himself at a level that's beyond health. At that point, you're pushing your joints to a new level. So I do have a hip and knee replacement. But I tell you what, again, to revisit squats and deadlifts again, um, to me that was the, uh, the 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 reason why my rehabilitation was so fast on my knee because I had so much strength in my legs already. And I mean, it's it's a simple a simple uh, visual. You have a a person that's uh, you know seventy years old. They've never done any exercise. They've they've had a knee that's arthritic and and, and uh, deteriorating for years. Uh, they've been putting up with it for years. You know, hobbling along. So they haven't been using those muscles even more so. They didn't have a strength. They didn't have strong muscles to start with. So the muscle atrophy is weak. I mean, they have a, a lot of muscle atrophy. Their legs are weak. They get a joint replacement. 
and it doesn't heal right. They don't feel good right away. They feel better, but they're wondering, like, I don't feel great 100% yet. Well, the reason is you, you can replace a joint, but that's not what moves, the, that's not what articulates the joint. The joint articulates by the muscles around it. So to me, the, the, the best rehab, and, I, and I, I'm not a, rehabil- a rehabilitation specialist here, I'm not a therapist, but, you know, doing body weight squats as you become uh, released to do that, uh, doing things such as that, you build the quadriceps up, you build the hamstrings, you build the glutes. All of a sudden, the knee joint that's now new and articulates nice and freely and feels great. It's like a newborn's knee, has muscles around it that are stronger. Now you start feeling great. So uh, my, rehabil- my rehabilitation, I went to a therapist and did all the regular stuff they need to do for mobility and you know body weight, Which step-ups and things. Which is key. Got to do that. If you're fitness-minded, you're probably going to push yourself with those rehabilitation and physical therapy exercises where... If you're not, you're probably going to cut it short or feel burdened by it. And, uh, yeah, you're probably going to fall short of where you want to be. I was trying to explain to a, a, a knee replacement customer I had recently that was an older lady that just had, she was buying a bike. And we were discussing squatting down to a bench, you know, about halfway down where your thighs are about halfway down. And I was explaining to her, and she understood. I mean, her, her husband actually started um, Resurgence Orthopedic. That was he was he was he was, he was, he was the guy who started that. So she her doctor was a, her husband was a doctor, but she really didn't have and he didn't have the knowledge of exercise with weights and such. And we were talking about this, and I was trying to explain to her, yeah, replacing a joint replaces the joint, but it doesn't replace the muscles. You gotta get those muscles strong. Now all of a sudden your new joint moves better. Uh, it moves easier and it moves it feels great. So I, I worry that some of these people probably get a joint replacement, but they've lost so much muscle mass and so much. Um, strength in their leg that it doesn't come back real fast you know maybe the pain goes away a little bit because they don't have the the grinding against the nerves but you want to you want to get out there and move again like you were when you're younger you want to run you want to jump you want to go out and, otherwise you know, why bother getting the surgery yeah I mean, you're getting a, you're getting a knee replacement <laughs> so you can maybe stand without as much pain or maybe you can walk in the grocery store a few more steps that's just that's just getting your, getting on with your life but everybody wants to be everybody wants to feel good and function good and you know pick up the grandkids, whatever it is, or, you know, um, you know, you want to walk the dog, you know, around the block and not, and just, and your legs just feel strong. And so that's, that's building the muscle up, you know? So a couple of points on that. Um, if you listen to the ninth episode of the play more podcast with a, uh, customer spotlight, um, Ben Gillum, uh, afterwards he was sharing with me, uh, he had torn his ACL and, you know, common deal common surgery thing you know people do it all the time right and uh he's 61 years old and this happened i guess four or five years ago but the the doctor from resurgence came in and uh he was fit he was a muscular guy he obviously so yeah there's plenty of and i i used to train with that guy i was telling you about there was a doctor in town that trained down there with us he was interested he got all this medical knowledge but now he's interested in applying it nice right but not all doctors are like that and you know i mean bless their hearts but uh, you know they spend a lifetime you know looking at books but that doesn't mean they know how to give the best advice because they haven't field tested it well so this doctor says to, to Ben, he, he, you know, he looks at him, yeah, you've got a torn ACL or whatever. He said, um, he said make a muscle. He's like, what? what are you talking about, make a muscle? make a muscle. Let me just see. I'm serious. And so he, he makes a muscle. He says, yeah. He said, you're pretty fit. 
aren't you? And he said, yeah, I, I, I do lots of things. I like to stay active and, and you know, exercise. And he said, you know, we, we do this, you know, ACL surgery or whatever they do. Um, uh, you know, we'll get you to whatever, 85, 90%. He said, you know, just on your own, you know, do the, do the exercises to begin to build the muscles around that area to protect it, giving it whatever condition it's in. Um, he said, you'll, you'll probably, you know, get 80, 85% anyway. And uh, so he said, hold off on the surgery. And like, what great advice, especially going to a place that that's how they make their money. Yeah, no, right? that's, that's, that's absolutely a fact. That's, that's a good point. And, and uh, he, he started doing some deep knee bends and squats and leaping up in the air and touching his knees. And he said, yeah, I am good to go, yeah. you know, but then... Prolong the surgery, absolutely. But then just a couple of days ago, a, a super sweet lady came in here and, and she she was um, uh, trying to uh, get ready to go for hip surgery. And I've seen many people over the years um, walking into the front door and uh, almost freakish to look at because they're hobbling so bad. Like, oh my gosh, what's wrong? Oh, my hip. Well, then... Uh, then they have the hip surgery, and six weeks later, they're rolling in here, it's almost skipping, like, oh my gosh, best thing I ever did. It was simple and good. Yeah. And they're usually getting an upright exercise bike to, 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 to work through it before, during, and after. Um, but this poor lady, she went in, and uh, I won't say where, but uh, but um, the, the, the doctor said, yeah, yeah, you need back surgery. You know, you know, and had her scheduled for back surgery, which is, and, which is a real tough one. Oh, tough one. dude! And then, and then, you know, she did her own diagnosis and and said, Doc, you know, after a while, like, you know, my my hip is still killing me, and it's right, you know, and I, and is there something more? So they, he kind of reluctantly sends her to someone else, and the it's guy's like, that's yeah, your hip. Yeah, you got bone on bone. Yeah, we'll take care of that, and back problem goes away. And oh my goodness, it could have sent her. It could have yeah, right. altered the course of her life. Given oh, her back yeah. surgery, hip problems still there, and now you know you you rarely come back a hundred percent from a back surgery, right? You're fusing things together. Oh, yeah, that's, that's, just, and, and that is I, true I about hip, so sorry for having a hip replacement. Uh, it, it manifests itself in different areas. Uh, you, you don't you don't feel it in your hip like you think you would. This is something that got me for a while. I thought I might have had a groin pull. I thought I might have had a hernia. Cause mine was on my on my inner, inner in my inside of my leg and my groin. Mm -hmm. uh, some people get in the lower back. Some people feel pain in their knee. So yeah, you gotta have a good doctor to diagnose that stuff. Um, but that's what people think. Hey, I've got a good doctor. He's best in the you know. Everybody says but, their uh, doctor's the best. Yeah. But you better get some multiple opinions. And 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 look at if the dude comes in and he's out of shape, man. I mean, yeah, not that right. he couldn't be the smartest guy in the world or best intentioned guy in the world. But I'm telling you, that same dude, if he spent the last 10, 15 years really field testing and implementing some of the, the beliefs uh, and, and things he's learned along the way to take care of his body, it'd make him have a better understanding of how those joints and everything's all interconnected. And I mean, it makes, you know, it, it makes all the sense in the world, really. Um, but, uh, yeah, so let's see here. What else, what else we got? Well, cool. I'm going to... Uh, we'll, we'll, Pause it here with the end of an hour, and then we'll continue on All with the next stop. Right. Yeah, so bear know. with us. Yeah, good, good, yeah. Okay, yeah. So we uh, again our podcast app platform or whatever it is, uh, you know, caps out at an hour, so we need to continue on. But uh, uh, it just so happens we've pretty much come to uh, the end of what we wanted to talk about today. And um, you know, again, uh, listeners, if if you have questions or show topic ideas or or things we 
should cover or didn't cover or um, call BS on us, <laughs> whatever you think. Um, we'd love to hear from you, and you can email the uh, podcast at surferj1 at gmail.com. Um, and again, we're, we're uh, you know, and also visit our uh, uh, Instagram at uh, PIA Sports Kennesaw. Um, you can visit our store, Played Against Sports Kennesaw uh, website. That's at playedagainstsportskennesaw.com. Uh, and or you know, call or stop by the store if you got any questions. But uh, hey, Jay, I was going to say one more thing. Real yeah, quick. yeah, uh, please. Yeah. If you, uh, if anybody, you know, is interested in learning proper form on these lifts, uh, maybe they email, maybe email you, maybe email you at the podcast. Uh, I could. Uh, there's a few people I know that are really, really good at that, at teaching those, teaching those exercises properly. Yeah. And do or, it. Or, or email you. Where, where can they reach you? Yeah, they can. They can email me at John, which is J O N, no H. So J O N at Premier fitnesssource.com so just premier fitness and then source.com but um great you know, idea it's all about it's all about baby steps i mean with this that we're talking about there is such great benefit i obviously spent you know most every uh, most entire podcast talking about the benefit to people because i really think i want to drive the point home of how how great you feel when you do that stuff and how great you look and how great you feel you just it just changes it's, it's just life-changing stuff but you got to start off small you know, you know, if, be if, smart if, about it. If a trainer got you up under a barbell and started saying, throwing a plate on each side, there, there's something not good. And that, that's actually one of the, you know, and I'm not going to down CrossFit because I think it's done a lot of good things, is you hear stories about the original CrossFit stuff. People used to say was people would get, uh, they, they, they put the bar, put a plate on, and then next jump be a 25 on each side. Maybe be making these 50-pound jumps, and a guy doubled over in the back and hurt himself. you gotta you got to do things very systematically, very smart. Maybe it's body weight starting off. Maybe it's kettlebells in each hand. But that's why I think the trainer is so important. We talked about that already. Yeah, that's a tricky yeah. part to me about the, the CrossFit uh, um, system, which, again, those moves are fantastic. And the, I did it for a summer, uh, a few summers ago, and, and felt real good, got fit. But the, I, I kind of uh, tweaked my shoulder a little bit. And, uh, you know, I, I don't, I don't want to be racing to try and rip through, a, you know, go from one exercise to another to uh, – I mean, yeah, you don't want to rest as long as I typically like to rest between exercises, but I felt rushed on some of those, and I just got to think that your form is going to um, fail a little bit, and then that's where you're ripe for injury. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So it all starts with um, just doing it right and uh, learning how to do it right. So, yeah, so if anybody has So really with, with focused, with, with proper technique, you can get better results with a whole lot less effort less time absolutely and yeah and and, and, uh, and and though we didn't discuss this in our uh, earlier you know i'm a big believer in and what they refer to in powerlifting as accommodating resistance accommodating resistance is things that can increase resistance but not necessarily a weight plate for example if you had a barbell on your shoulders let's say you're lifting a barbell on the squat and you had a 45 pound bar instead of putting a plate on each side maybe you hang a chain on each side now, what does a chain do? Well, a chain, let's say each chain, each chain weighs 25 pounds. So you stand up, now the bar that weighed 45 pounds has an additional 50 pounds of weight hanging from it. So you have 95 pounds as you stand up. As you squat down, the chain is clumping on the floor. Maybe the, maybe not the entire chain, because you can't go that low, but maybe half the chain. So now that 50 pounds is 25 pounds. Lightening the load. As lightening you the load. And they even call it, there's a method called the lightning method, which is you're lightening the load. So at the bottom, when you're in the most compromised position 
when you're at the lowest leverage point of the of, you know the weakest leverage as far as the joint goes the bar no longer is uh, 95 pounds but it's maybe 25 plus 45 you know so it's uh and then every inch you push up as your leverage <coughs> increases you lift back to the 95 pounds again so that I, I was going back to I think ways to, to, to baby step into things you use you use something like that and it, it's it, it's it, it, it uh, keeps people's form better but it still builds that strength as they push up, 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 up. The nervous system of the human body, which is one aspect of building strength, is the, is the nervous system. The human body has muscular hypertrophy to get stronger, but even before you What's build muscles... What's that mean, hypertrophy? Just uh, the opposite of atrophy. I mean, atrophy means muscle tissue de- de- is, is decreasing, you know, going away. Hypertrophy is building muscle tissue, um, you know, uh, or maybe if you're in Georgia, it could be hypertrophy. <laughs> but um, hard to say. But um, are there? Are there, I'm sure there are. Are you familiar with some uh, really great uh, uh, powerlifting or compound movement, specifically called that? Uh, you know, DVDs or workout videos. There are some that exist in the world, but I I, I don't I don't know off the top of my head. No, I mean I I, I uh, I've read some good. I mean. It's, it, it, yeah, I'd have, to, I'd have to research that one a little bit and figure out what, I, what I'd recommend because I know a cer- certain periodicals and certain books that were written about the sport of powerlifting that are good, but it's more showcasing lifters and such. We care about things that are really breaking it down lift, by the lifts. And, and, yeah, to uh, show somebody yeah. some techniques if they're not inclined or don't have the money to go pay a trainer because that could be a mortgage payment every yeah, month for sure, a trainer. For sure, for sure. Uh, so. Which is, when you think about it, there's nothing more important than... than taking care of your that machine which is your body but, but, but if you yeah. don't have it you don't have it i get it i, I will say that uh don't run out of money though 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 a dvd or a book is, is still a big step from from nothing um yeah. if you have long shins and short thighs and i have long <laughs> and i have long thighs you know you have a longer torso and i have a shorter torso the the positioning of bars are, and how you lift barbells is totally different yeah good point for example, a um, a deadlift. I'm just I'll bring this up as a powerlifter. If you have a short back and you bend over to pick a bar up, you you have a, a less less distance the bar has to lift up. The whole fulcrum, the whole leverage point, as you stand up is is, is it doesn't stand up as far. You, you have to only move a shorter distance. So so a guy with a with a shorter back has advantage in the deadlift. A guy with a longer back when he bends over, his shoulders are going to go way over his knees probably. He's got a real long back. He's got to move it from that bent over position all the way back to standing straight with his long back. So he needs to use more legs. He needs to squat down with his legs and start with his thighs lower, his butt lower, and his chest and head up. So the one thing a book can't always tell you is look at you and say, Jay, you're built like this. You need to lift, try this, try this, maybe go with this stance, toes out, toes in. This or, is, or you're holding your breath. Or what, all and, and those cues are essential too, yeah. Um, and all those things. A book can't tell you that. A DVD can't really tell you that. Well, and you can get, you can get, start getting, even if you've got the form perfectly, you can start getting lazy and phoning it in where a trainer will, yeah. hey, dude, you got one more in you. You can do it this time. Well, you know, you got uh, it. I know you can. The greatest athletes, you know, you say, you know, the greatest world class athletes have trainers. You hear that? People say that. So, so if somebody says, oh, I don't need a trainer. I've, I've been doing this for years. Well, I've been doing powerlifting for 30 years. And if I, and I'll find myself going to a period where, one of my training partners will say, "Hey man, why are you? Uh, it looks like you're, you're you're doing this." And I'll yeah. be like, "Man, I didn't realize I was doing that, but uh, thanks for noticing." You know? Thank you. Yeah. You know, maybe 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 my I'm, I'm looking my head. I look in my eyes down a little bit. My eyes are down. 
my eyes are down, my head's slightly down, my head's slightly down. You and might you got to be open to taking direction. Yeah, you have to be. Yeah, you can't be a know-it-all for sure. You can't. You can't believe you do everything right. But again, if you're if you're a professional football player, if you're Tom Brady, and somebody says, you know, you know there's some coach out there showing, critiquing his form probably after all these Super Bowls, all these uh, all these years playing, I guarantee he still does technique errors that require a trainer to say, Tom, do this, maybe focus on this. You have to you you have to you have to have a trainer. I mean, it, 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 it'll give you advice. You don't need a trainer to hold your hand, you know, six times a week. Maybe a guy come over and, and tweak it once a month for you, or maybe just do send some videos. That's real popular now. Send videos to people. You send me some videos of your lifts, and I, and you're, while you're lifting, I write back and say, hey, try this, this, and this next time. Maybe do this many reps, or maybe change this about your form. And uh, we do it by feedback. You know, that doesn't cost anywhere near the money you're talking about. Yeah, for, that's for great. Because you're now you're, now you're you're a trainer, but you're you know you, you have the you, you know you you have the gumption to train. You can train on your own. You don't need somebody to be there to to push you maybe every day, but you might need somebody just to kind of say, hey, do this, do that, do this, make a few changes in technique, maybe try this exercise, and um, or, start, or or you've been doing this long enough now. Let's change the sequence. Switch something up, yeah. Absolutely, yeah. switch something up. Yeah. The sequence of events, yeah. Well, dude, I love it, man. I love it. Uh, I love every time we get together and chat. Appreciate um, the opportunity this is, again. This is good stuff. Um, I, I hope some people got some good things out of it. Um, so, yeah, we were wrapping up there at about about ten, 10 minutes, minutes ago, ago. <laughs> I know. and I, I got back into thinking about some things that were pretty interesting. I thought that would be fun for people to hear. Well, we were talking uh, like, golly, we can talk for two hours plus, but uh, you know, like. I, you know, I know some people like if it's if it's more than thirty minutes, if they're going to go out for a thirty minute jog, they're not going to listen to something for an hour and then cut it into two workouts, thirty minutes yeah. a piece. Um, although some people do, but uh, so actually that's why I did that uh, that little uh, twenty minute or fifteen minute little uh, episode uh, the other day. Um, but uh, so we're gonna we're gonna keep varying this thing and give us your feedback. Let us know what you want and. Uh, We'll, we'll try to adapt and and lay it on you, uh, warts and all. <laughs> um, but uh, thanks for listening to Play More. John, thanks, buddy. Thanks for having me, Jay. And all remember, right, play more. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Woo!